0: majority of us, we are learning to live with COVID-19. Individuals are adapting, businesses are adapting, the government is adapting. And of course, as we go through that process, everyone also keeping the future in mind, how do we get through this pandemic and also come out the other side? Well, the Business Council of BC, it's out with the results of an Ipsos public affairs survey of British Columbians who were asked, what are their priorities for speeding economic recovery up? And planning for the future. Well, to speak more to the survey, please to welcome to the program the president and CEO of the Business Council of BC, Greg Davignon. Greg, thank you so much for the time.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Joe. So
0: this piece here, uh, it's a post-election survey looking at the priorities for economic recovery. So what are some of the bigger worries you know that British Columbians are having at this time? Is it provincial budgets? Is it supports for business owners? Is it personal finances? Like what are some of the biggest concerns that you guys found are out there right now?
1: Well, I think all of the above, you know, frankly, we asked British Columbians after the election and with the prospects of a vaccine on the horizon at some point in 2021, what their concerns were, both in terms of their personal financial well-being, the provincial economy and business in general, in what has been the largest economic downturn in 100 years. and. Uh, The top line is that British Columbians are really worried about a couple of key things. One is they're worried about government's ability to maintain services without increasing taxes. Uh, BC has among the highest marginal effective tax rates in British Columbia for personal income and for business investment. And what we found is that 70 uh, percent of people under the age of 35 are worried about their own personal financial position and about 60 percent of that same younger cohort are worried about losing their job or losing income and it's real because uh, BC were one of the biggest users of serve up until September in fact nine billion dollars came from Ottawa to support families and individuals uh, and we're still 100,000 full-time jobs below where we were before the pandemic started. And because of the second wave, we're seeing uh, small businesses, there's about a half a million of them in British Columbia, um, are hard hit. And some of them may not survive. So I think that uh, pivot now that we're seeing as we start to move through the second wave has got people more anxious. And they're also worried about government's debt. We saw yesterday. The federal government uh, projecting over a half a trillion dollars in debt mm-hmm. and young people and, and older people are worried about what that means for indenturing future generations with high taxes and the ability to deliver effective programs to keep people safe and look after them, including health care.
0: One of the things that, uh, you know, when I was going through some of the survey results that was surprising to me and going through the list of all the things you mentioned was just kind of seeing which are some of the the more concerning areas, right, where the higher percentage of British Columbians seem to have a little bit more concern. And I was, I was surprised to see that uh, when it comes to the budgeting aspect of things, people seem more concerned about the province going back to a balanced budget as opposed to something like their own personal finances. I believe it was something along the lines of 87% of British Columbians worried more about a balanced budget compared to a just over 50 percent for their own personal finances were you at all surprised when you kind of saw just the order of some of uh, of the bigger concerns that british columbians were feeling
1: i was a bit surprised with that because typically what we've seen during the pandemic and rightly so people are very concerned about the immediate needs that they have in their own household uh and so what we saw is you as you saw eight and a half out of ten british columbians were concerned that the government have a plan to get back to a balanced budget once the pandemic is over. And when you start to look at that, I mean, the British Columbia public are smart. They know that we're going to run a 15 to a $20 billion deficit this year. Uh, when, you know, concerns historically were, if we ran a billion dollar deficit uh, it was a problem and that's probably going to go on for a period of time. And so they also understand uh, eight in 10 British Columbians believe that uh, you have to have a resilient private sector that is creating jobs in order to give governments revenue to pay for the kinds of programs in health, education, and social supports necessary. And that $15 to $20 billion deficit, Jeff, has, unlike the federal government, not been because of spending, it's because of a collapse in revenue from the economy and taxes that we've experienced over the last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess with all that in mind, uh, the the ability to, to go through those job recoveries, right? You talked about over 100,000 jobs that have been lost since this pandemic began. We're slowly starting to see a dent being put in that. I've had uh, your colleague on, uh, Ken Peacock on a number of times to go over the labour surveys when they do come out. And, and, you know, we're slowly seeing things build back up, but there's still quite a ways to go. And, of course, tourism is one of the big ones here that we look at and say, is that going to be able to recover next year? We kind of knew this. This year was going to be a, a bit of a, uh, a, you know, a write-off here. But uh, there's a lot of hope, I guess, that we can get back to sort of a, a more normal economy when it comes to tourism next summer. But that still is is very much in the air. So I guess there's got to be a big concern about uh, if if those types of jobs don't come back, then the ability to create other jobs needs to be uh, put up as a as a top priority for British Columbians here as well.
1: Well, and, and you hit the nail on the head, uh, my colleague, Ken Peacock, our chief economist. Um, we've been quite surprised by the resilience of the BC economy and we've seen job recovery come back. In fact, uh, part-time jobs are now more plentiful today than they were previously, but those core full-time jobs that pay, uh, good wages, Uh, or we're still, as I I said, 100,000 jobs fewer today than we were pre-pandemic. And what we found was in the survey is that the general public believes that we need a plan. Uh, There isn't one on the horizon federally. Uh, And uh, I think all of us were surprised that the provincial election of uh, all three of the main parties didn't really talk about an economic, uh, economic plan. They talked about Uh, The pandemic itself, but not one of the things we need to be doing now to prepare ourselves post vaccine to have a thriving economy that's job rich in its recovery. And so we started to do some work last uh, June and July, bringing 80 CEOs, academic leaders, um, small businesses and indigenous leaders together to say, what would that recovery look like once uh, we start to pivot to the post pandemic world? And so we came up with 24 recommendations on how do we get our natural resources and transportation sectors that are big employers that pay wages 100 to 140% higher than the industrial average back up and running again and thriving. Uh, and we also focused on new technology and new business areas in life sciences and innovative medicines within that sector as well as agri-food and agri-tech, and thinking about our low-carbon economy. uh, The things that we sell to the world are half the GHG intensity of competing jurisdictions, products, in forestry, and mining, and natural resources, uh, and energy like natural gas. But we're not quite competitive. And so what do we do to drive reducing global climate change that creates jobs and new technologies that reduce our emissions here and abroad? And that can include things like carbon offsets and creating the ability to um, collect carbon and the offsets that you have, you can sell them as a credit. And so there's a big opportunity for indigenous communities, for businesses that are already starting to move and BC and Canada have a unique opportunity to advance that from a technology, from an inclusion and from a financial perspective.
0: What are some of the other ideas, I guess, that were kind of put out there uh, to, to help uh, stimulate the the economy here moving forward? You guys put a, a bit of a list out here. One of the ideas that I, I really liked was uh, replacing the provincial sales tax with a made-in-B.C. value-added tax at something lower than 7%, giving people an incentive to buy local, but also still being able to put money back in the hands of the province. Um, I think that was Probably something that the uh, B.C. Liberals kind of maybe had in mind during the election but didn't really present it in the best of ways. But that aside, what are some of the other ideas that are out there to really help stimulate the economy here?
1: Well, I think uh, just to touch on that quickly, uh, to be clear... Uh, The provincial sales tax was structured in the late 1940s, and I jokingly said when the queen was a princess, and she's now the longest-serving monarch in the realm. And and the reality is the economy has changed. We used to be a goods-producing economy, and now we're largely a services and increasingly uh, a technology economy. And and that's true of if I'm in the mining business. It's a technology industry as well. So the problem is, is that we only tax a very small area of the economy and those taxes get compounded. And so we become uncompetitive. So what we're suggesting is let's take a couple of years and look at a made in BC value added tax. That's a bit broader, but also could be lower and you could structure it in a way that those that are most vulnerable could have some tax holidays and you could tinker with things to try to incent the kinds of businesses, that we uh, have in British Columbia that could really thrive and scale and pay higher wages going forward. But some of the other ideas that we talked about are things like innovation precincts. So creating some geography, and I'll use agri-food and agri-tech as one example. um, And to bring people and talent and create policy and tax that enables innovation and new companies and new ideas to be created you know, what we've learned through the pandemic when you went to the grocery store early on is that some of the things that you wanted to buy weren't available. So supply chains are going to shorten and how do we actually look after ourselves on food, clothing, and some of the things that we look to consume. And we also know, for example, in life sciences, some of the companies that are presenting the vaccines that we're going to receive later in 2021, a lot of those, uh, Partners that they had driving that innovation on the vaccines were right here in British Columbia. So there's a thriving biotech and medtech and uh, new uh, uh, pharma therapeutic uh, approval process in BC that we could be focused on to create new jobs, their clean tech jobs, and uh, ultimately look after ourselves and our personal health, but also create big uh, companies that can solve global problems on the next pandemic that comes along, Or in the case of cancer, BC has a leading uh, cancer center here that is doing uh, world-renowned research to actually cure cancers going forward. And that's an opportunity set that we need to really focus on and drive going forward.
0: Well, there's a lot of interesting stuff here in this data and, uh, you know, a, a very valuable survey to see how British Columbians are, are feeling at this point in time. It's going to be, you know, we saw the, the federal fiscal update yesterday, which we talked about a little bit, and uh, looking forward to see what the province is going to put out here sometime, hopefully early on in the new year to see if they take up some of these ideas and how we plan to, to move forward because I think it's going to be a an interesting exercise once they do finally put out a new a new update here on our, uh, on our budgets moving forward. So thanks for the time, Greg. Really appreciate you doing this. Um, Anything else you want to add while I have you?
1: No, I just think to build on your last point, um, we've relied on governments to look after us and be the paymaster and the bank for all of us for about nine months. And they just can't afford to keep doing that. And so sending the signal that we're open for investment, that entrepreneurs can take risk and create jobs and build companies and build out the existing companies they've got. You talked about tourism going forward. Uh, We just really need to send the signal we're open for business because the rest of the world's sending that signal. And if we're not focused and really aggressive, we're going to get left behind. And so there's an opportunity in British Columbia, among British Columbians, to really thrive coming out of the pandemic. But we need a plan to be purposeful to get the private sector back up and running and use their balance sheets to create those opportunities for British Columbians and communities and for uh, the provincial economy as a whole.
0: Thank you so much for the time, Greg. Really appreciate you coming back on the show. We'll definitely do it again in the future, and uh, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday here. Look forward to it. Thanks again, Joe. All right. That is the president and CEO of the Business Council of British Columbia, Greg Davignon.